Hey there, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. In today's inspiring episode, my guest Sharon is going to be sharing the journey of reinventing herself both mentally and professionally. Sharon is going to share how she navigated some really challenging business circumstances as a salon owner and in her personal life, including surviving massive financial stress and near bankruptcy. Sharon's story is a testament to the power of resilience and finding strength in the face of adversity. She also is going to be spilling her secrets on how she creates massive retail income inside of her salon business. Sharon believes in soulful selling in the salon and behind the chair, and she emphasizes the importance of the mindset shifts and genuine connections that really take the sleaze out of selling retail. We're going to discuss all of the different ways that you can shift your mindset to not only increase your bottom line, but also give your clients a better experience of buying and using the products that you retail within your salon. Because at the end of the day, everyone uses shampoo, right? So how can you present your offerings in a way that is going to make your clients feel excited and feel like they're not being sold to, but that they are being served deeply by you inside your business? We are going to talk about the importance of understanding your clients' needs, offering solutions, as well as the significance of mindset in sales, and again, how to make selling a really positive experience for both you and your clients. This episode is gonna offer powerful perspective shifts and a really introspective look at how to handle the curveballs thrown at us by life and in the beauty business. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi there. Welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I am super excited about today's topic and guest. So Sharon is a multi-passionate serial entrepreneur, I would say, who has mastered the art of soulful selling in her salon business. Sharon, I cannot wait to hear you talk about this topic. I know it's something you're so passionate about, building a business based on service and based on really making people feel amazing. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jody. I'm so excited about this podcast. You've been in my world for a long time, and this is very much a privilege for me to be here to chat with you today. The feeling is mutual. I'm so excited to have you here. I've watched everything you've been doing and you have been in a business for a really long time. And I'm super excited about the direction that you're taking. I think it's something that's so needed in our industry and a really just important thing and skill to master for stylists, salon owners, educators, anyone in our industry. So 
Before we get into our topic, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your journey in business and how you've gotten to where you are today. Yeah, so I'm Sharon Huckle, and I call myself the Unstoppable Stylist, and that was born over the last few years, I would say, because I was really trying to reposition myself in my own head, first of all, and then into the world as well. But I went through quite a journey with my previous, my ex-husband and previous business partner. We were in business a long time, 25 Mm -hmm. years in multiple different businesses. He was a chef. We had a huge food empire. We had restaurants, catering a hall, a food trucks we had. And then we had an artisan ice cream shop. And and then in addition, I also had a salon and spa. So we were busy doing all of that for many years. And my salon is about to, we just celebrated 19 years. Next year will be our 20th anniversary. So we're really excited about that. But we had our business and marriage all imploded in 2019. And so I ended up taking on all the debt, all the responsibility of three old buildings, two businesses, a house, a couple of kids, and I just let him walk away. And that was really devastating because I loved him for a long time, but it it was fraught with issues as well, just because of his mental health and addiction issues, which is just a real tragedy. And then I just thought, thought, okay, I I knew I couldn't do that. I'd already done 25 years of that. I just didn't want to do that for the next 25. So I had to figure out where I was headed with that. And I on, then COVID happened, right? Of course, we all remember that moment of where we were in March 2020. But I was already hanging by a thread emotionally, financially, mentally, physically, everything just barely hanging on. And that happened. And I seriously did not know how I was going to feed my children. I was on the verge of bankruptcy, had already made the appointment, had the conversation with the bankruptcy trustee. I thought I was going to lose everything that I'd worked so hard for in 25 years, including my childhood home, the house I grew up in. I got married in the backyard. I had my kids there. And I just had surrendered to that the fact that might happen. And then, I don't know, just from conversations with all of the good people in my life, I found the strength to get scrappy and find the resources to make sure that did not happen. Wow. So that's why I call myself the unstoppable stylist. So in the process of reinventing the businesses, and I had these three old buildings, one that contained the salon and spa, but these other ones that had our restaurants and catering kitchen and our ice cream shop in it, I had to figure out what to do with them. Right. So I turned them into a boutique motel. So that's how I spent my COVID years, was renovating and running the salon. And then building this coaching business, because there is a point at your in your career where you just say, okay, I've learned a lot. I've got lots of wisdom to share. I've pulled myself out of a very sticky situation and I feel pretty good now. And now I want to turn around and help other people. So that's where I'm at right now. But I still have the salon and I'm carrying on with that. And I love it. And uh, Teak Motel is hopping right now. Of course, we're in summer season here, beach weather, and it's fun. It's really fun. (laughs) It's so inspiring to me, too, that you found the strength, like the emotional strength to even like in a time as uncertain as 2020, like even doing things like pursuing a business that essentially travel was not even it it wasn't a thing like during that 2020 year. So the fact that you had that unshakable faith to build this business based on a belief, essentially, that the future would be there to support that vision, I think is really inspiring. There was no evidence really when we first went into 2020. I think we all knew that it wasn't going to last forever, but it was a very 
I know the phrase uncertain time has yeah. been done to death, but it really was like very uncertain. And so I, again, just think it's so inspiring that you were able to find that faith and still execute on a vision in a time like that. Where would you say that strength came from? Like, how did you find that tenacity to keep going? I'm sure part of it is my personality. And don't get me wrong. I had plenty of days where I did not feel like getting out of bed and I wanted to just cry all the time. But you get sick of that after a little bit too, right? I know people, because there was a lot of other stuff going on. Like my mom had cancer, Tim's dad had cancer and died. My mom's fine. Our son, our oldest son, his kidney failed and he had to have six surgeries. Like that's, oh this was goodness. all happening at the same time. We were involved in a lawsuit that was no fault of our own. It was involved with this other company that we were in, but we got pulled into it. Like there was just so much. Like you just can't even imagine. And I don't even want to bore you with all the details, but you just get tired of feeling like you, you're helpless. So you right. start to focus on the things you can control right. and you let go of the rest. Right. Because there's always opportunity within the difficulty. So it's just clearing your head long enough to be able to see it. Yeah. And I've gotten really good at that over the years. This is certainly a skill set I've had to learn over yeah. the years. But if I gave up every time things got hard, I wouldn't be celebrating 20 years in my salon. And I oh, certainly wouldn't goodness. have built those businesses with my husband, who was a, an alcoholic, and uh, right. but also a wonderful human being in so many ways. But the, unfortunately, it got the better of him. And I didn't want it to let the, get the better of me because I was already dealing with all that other stuff. And as the one that always held the world together for us, I just got sick of it, to be perfectly clear and yeah. honest. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I'm like, fair. I'm not doing this anymore. And yeah. then as far as the the pivot to the boutique motel, I just, I loved my old buildings and I didn't want to give them up. And yeah. and one day when we had already shut down our restaurant, I was just cleaning things up in there. I'm like, I just don't want to get rid of these buildings. I love them so much. And yeah. I just thought, what can I do? And then I thought, you know what? These could be beautiful Airbnb type spaces. And I totally transform them. And I'm really good at, I'm not not to toot my own horn, but I have always been champagne taste on a tap water budget is what I, (laughs) it's not a beer budget, um, it's tap water. So I've always been good at repurposing. And because we had a lot of this like kitchen stuff and whatever, I was able to outfit them quite nicely. And I I repurposed a lot of stuff, but that would like, I was supposed to open the first unit out of four on April April 1st of 2020. And of course, March was when everything right. went to hell in the handbasket. But at that time as well, talking about resources, government funding became available right. at a time when my income to debt ratio was pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I would not have qualified for normal loans. And quite frankly, when you're in the restaurant business, you never qualify for normal bank loans. Like you always right. have to go the, like the back doorways. So I, over the years, again, I learned a, a thing or two about how to get money when you don't have any money. Right. And uh, that, that whole line, it takes money to make money. Yeah, I agree with that. But you don't have to use your money. You can use other right. people's money. <laughs> so that's I what I did. That. I tapped into everything. I applied for every loan, every grant, every whatever they would give me. I yeah. took it and used it, knowing full well that I would have the capability. I had the business smarts. I have the reputation, all of that stuff yeah. to, to continue to create cash flow. And I'm also very good because we never, as entrepreneurs in very uncertain kind of business with restaurants and catering and all that stuff and salon and spa as well. It's a tricky biz sometimes. I learned how to live very frugally and pour a lot of money back into my business, but live a very good life, even though I've never had tons of money or whatever in the normal sense. I've always had a really fun life, even when things weren't great because things got messy there for a while for sure 
I always found a way to have fun. And my salon was always my saving grace, my happy place, because no matter what was happening to me in my personal life or business life, I had to show up and serve in that salon every day. And uh, I have amazing clients. Like some of my clients have been doing since before my kids were born. So it's been more than 25 years. And they're just, they're so amazing and wonderful. And I I couldn't be sad. I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer for them when they came into the salon. So even though I was like bawling my eyes out in the morning, I'd put my makeup on, I'd do my hair and I'd show up and serve. And by by 20 minutes into the first client, I felt pretty good about life again. (laughs) You got to surround yourself with good people. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's such a good point too. It's like when you're in that, you, it's almost like that I don't love the phrase fake it till you make it, but it, there is an element of that, right? And it almost it wires your brain when you're in a conversation, you're able to forget about some of those things. And I think that just highlights the importance of connection with other humans. And I love that. And I often, my, my parents have been really good influences in my life. And I just remind myself, like my dad always says, the things you're complaining about, other people are praying for. Right. And I just, all, I, every day I just... I would just remind myself if I was feeling a bit anxious, I'd be like, Sharon, nothing bad is actually happening to you right this minute. It's okay. And I would just go through, I'd say that. I just go through, anytime I felt sorry for myself, I would go through my list of things to be grateful for. And by the time I got to three out of like 3,000, I was like feeling pretty good, right? Yes. Because if you just go through the simple things that are really important to you in life, that mean stuff, like the money doesn't actually mean much. The money is just a tool to get the rest of the things that you want. And it's the people, it's those comforts, those creature comforts, like the food and the shelter. Yeah. And again, those are the businesses that I'm in. I'm in the business of hospitality and taking care of people. And that's another thing. Like when you aren't, when you're not hearing good things in your own head, then listen to the voices of other people who are saying good things. And when you think you've got it bad, go help somebody who's got it worse. You just got to get out of your own head sometimes. Like so much of our struggles in life are self-inflicted. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that's, been one of the biggest shifts I've made actually in the past several years that have has helped my mental health immensely is being more conscious about what I consume. And and that can be social media content, that can be the books you read, the like all of the things that you do. If it's if you pay attention to how it makes you feel afterwards, if you're doom scrolling on Instagram, <laughs> maybe, you know, re-examine <laughs> your relationship with that and it can really help you pay attention to how certain things make you feel. And I think awareness is the first step to changing those things. Well, the cool thing about life in general, and certainly our social media feed, is you get to curate that yes. however you want. Yeah. Like, I don't mind going on social media, like, because I, I only follow people who are fun and have nice things to yes. say. I know there's <laughs> a lot of garbage out there, but I'm, I yeah. don't buy into it. Exactly. There's so many cool people out there. And it's like, I'm a creative person by nature beyond just hair and stuff. I like to draw and make art and Mm -hmm. make stuff, design. And I've done all the design of the salons and the restaurants and the Airbnbs, the units that we have. But there's so many cool people out there making cool things. Like anytime I lose my faith in humanity, I just watch some art stuff and then I feel good because they're... That there's some people that see beauty all around us. And there is like the earth in general is just such yep. an amazing miracle. And I think it was Albert Einstein said that there's two kinds of people, those mm-hmm. who don't believe in miracles and those who believe everything is a miracle. So I choose to yes. fall into that camp. 
Oh. And you can choose. Let's just choose your life. So true. What's interesting, because you and I have known each other for a while now, and I like this is something that as you're speaking, I'm like, wow, I feel like we have so much in common and are kindred spirits in a lot of ways when it comes to our views on things. So I love that. So I want to redirect a little bit here because mm-hmm. I could just listen to you talk about this yeah. stuff all day. But I really do want to hear more about your approach to sales, to building your business, and to soulful selling, which is what how you've described it. And I think that's a really beautiful way of thinking about it because there's a lot of stylists, of entrepreneurs, of people in general who just feel a certain type of way when it, they hear the word sales. I posted something on Instagram not that long ago, and it was along the lines of, do you avoid posting about your services and your products on Instagram because you want to avoid feeling salesy? And the amount of people that sent me DMs about that post were like, oh, like I struggle with this. It's something that is really difficult because I think people hear the word sales and they think it means convincing. And really, it just means any time that someone purchases something from your business. So can we talk a little bit about how maybe sales has gotten a bad rap and what your approach to that is? Of course, I could talk about this all day long. (laughs) I don't buy into it. I don't buy into it at all. People love to buy stuff and oh, they hate to be sold to whatever. But no, we love to buy stuff and we want things. We need things. And so as far as your services goes, first of all, if you are in business, you are in sales. There's no two words about it. Don't get into business if you don't want to make money, if you don't want to make sales, because that's the only way to make money is to grow sales (laughs) and cut expenses. And I've never enjoyed cutting expenses that much. It sucks and budgeting and (laughs) debt and all that stuff. That's not the nice part of it. I just choose to like figure out how to make more money. And that's been a big secret of my success is do I want to be stressed about money or do I want it to flow? Number one, you got to change your mindset about it. Service is sales and sales is service. Love that. That's the way it is. And so you, if you're coming at it from a place of, oh, I need the money. It's so funny because anytime I've been stressed about money in my life, Mm -hmm. my retail sales suck. I can almost count it. Because I, I feel like I can't sell as well because then it feels like it's come from a place of ick and I don't want it to. And it right. also feels like I'm spending my clients' money for me because I'm being tight with money right then. So I don't do mm. it. So you have to get out of that that headspace. And then you set up systems to to cushion you, just like anything else in your life, right? You set up systems of automation or whatever, but you have scripts and you have ways of doing things that just make it a little bit more automatic but not robotic. There's a difference between automatic and robotic. Yeah. Automatic means you can say these things sideways, backwards, frontwards, in your sleep and and when you're drunk, right? Those sorts of things. And I can sell (laughs) to my clients all those times because the main thing that I'm finding out is what are you struggling with? What do you desire? You just need to sell people what they already want. And they'll tell you if you ask them. Years and years ago, I got into the business side of training so many years ago. Like early on in my career, I was very lucky. I was very lucky with the technical side of it because the first salon that I worked at was very much into competitions. And my boss trained me to, and I won a lot of competitions when I was first starting out. Got to work with hairdressers from all over the world at the Well Academy in Toronto. And I was very lucky early on in my career. But I also was fascinated by the business side of things. And my family, mm-hmm. I've come from a long line of entrepreneurs and small business owners and stuff. So I'd always seen all that. 
But I learned the business side of things early and they have never failed me. And I I know a lot of, I've always been into technical. I still take technical classes now because I love to learn. But like the business stuff is really what's helped me make the most money and the most growth in myself, the personal development. And I love that even a lot of the technical classes have that business and personal development component to them because I think it's absolutely essential to have that. And yeah, so I just don't, I don't think of sales as a bad thing at all. Like I've just, I don't think of it as a bad thing at all. And I just take care of my clients. And Aveda, years ago, Aveda, which my salon is partially at Aveda Salon now and has been for many years. I was an Aveda concept for many years, but when I shut down the spa, things changed a little bit. Right. Um, But they taught something years ago and I've never, ever forgotten. It was, it's A-V-E-D-A. So the letters of Aveda. But the first thing is ask. So ask your clients what they need, what they want, Mm -hmm. what they're struggling with. Ask, right? Then verify. Verify that you heard what they said and you're clear on it and you Mm -hmm. get it. Then educate them on how to use the product, when to use it, why to use it. Educate them, show them how to use it. Mm -hmm. Demonstrate. That's the next thing. Demonstrate. So show them. Let them smell it, feel it, touch it. Put it in their hair or on their skin, whichever. And then the last thing. We go back to A, it's yeah. ask. Ooh, ask for the sale. Great. Ask for the sale. That is usually the part everybody misses. They'll do yep. all the educating, the demonstrating, the verifying, whatever, and then they just don't ask for the sale. Yes. And then you're like, just think about all the money you're leaving on the table. Because if they're not buying it from you, they're yep. definitely buying it from somebody else. We're in a billion, I don't know, why. I forget. I just read the statistic the other day, but I don't know, it's eight or 18 billion dollar industry or something. It's like unfathomable amount of money. Yeah. And uh, you're just trying to take a little piece of that pie. Help yourself. Everyone uses shampoo, really, at the end of the day. And I think so many people, there's actually a company based out of the Southern US. I think it's Florida, actually. And they did a survey. It's Therapy, So it's like a smoothing brand. They did a survey of hundreds and hundreds of women in the United States And 81% of them said they wished that their stylist would talk more about product. And so they're thinking like, okay, we don't want to talk about products. We don't want to feel salesy. Meanwhile, your clients are likely feeling like, oh, like I wish that I knew more about what they were using. Because how many times have we heard, oh, I wish you could come with me and do my hair at home. Yeah. And the right products, like you're actually giving someone the ability to recreate what you've done in the salon. So I my just answer don't think for that. Doing... Anytime I hear that, I'm like, I'm not cheap, but I can be had. Yeah. <laughs> like we know one liners, but so many stuff, funny stuff. But yeah, no, I just talk about products all day long. Like my clients yeah. know. And actually my client's husband recently sent me this picture of her bathroom. And mm-hmm. he's, the caption was, I want to congratulate my wife on opening her own Aveda salon. Because <laughs> she had everything. It was so funny. That is yeah, hilarious. Like, you know, because she's got needs and I'm here to fill them. <laughs> That's no. so funny. Okay. Do you have a large, would you say, because you've been in the salon industry a long time, is retail, in your opinion, a way that you can really help boost the bottom line of your salon? And what does that look like in terms of the services to retail split? Okay. So my goal is 20%. But everybody's benchmarks are a little bit different. You have to look at your numbers. My sales numbers are high in general. I am a high producer in my salon. And I live in a very small town in Belleville, Ontario, Canada. You can look it up. It's not not that special. 
but I bring over $250,000 in a year in my salon in four days, which is fairly high. And that, that was even like through the bad years, right? So I, I aim for 20% service to total or service to retail on my total sales. So retail should always be at 20% of my total sales, but you can do more than that. Like I always say your service your minimum service might take an hour, like 45 minutes to an hour. It takes two right. seconds to sell a bottle of shampoo. Yeah. You know? And the markup 100%. on a shampoo or whatever is usually 50% yeah, profit. Absolutely. And, you know, your service, you're lucky if you're doing three to 6% your service profit margin, right? After right. you pay for all the things. Whereas retail is really straightforward. You buy the product, you need to sell it double the price and sell it. Like I can sell four things to people. I line up all the products I used on their hair and- a lot of times people just take the whole thing because I've yeah. shown them how you use this, where it fits in the routine. There's never any pressure. I just lined it up and I said, this is everything I used on your hair today. And I said, if you need any of it, you can take it home. If you don't, we'll just record it on your file. So yes. you just when you run out of something, you can come yeah. and we'll know what I talked about with you. I love so that. So it's zero pressure. I just lay it yeah. out there and I put it out yeah. in the order that I used it. And then I might say things like, if I was going to focus on one, this would be the one I would really take home today. Yeah, that's, that's, I love that. That's it. So, so all the scripts are, they're so automatic for me because I've been using them for years. Yeah. I want to ask you like a rapid fire question here. Mm -hmm. So if you had to give a stylist listening right now three tips to increase their retail sales quickly, what would those three things that they could do be? What, why, how? This is what I'm using on your hair today. This is why I've chosen it specifically for you based on the things we talked about in the consultation. And this yeah. is how you use it at home. What, why, how? I love that. So when it comes to retail then, are you taking a different approach with existing clients versus new clients? Yes and no. Obviously, I have to get to know the clients a little bit. But my clients that I've been doing for 25 years, mm -hmm. like their hair has changed over the years. They might now, at this point, they might need products for thinning hair. Whereas when I first started doing their hair was thick and frizzy right. and now it's falling out or it was straight. Now they've had chemo, so it's curly. There's just so many things that go into it. So every uh, client, I go through a thorough consultation every time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you've been coming to me for 20 years. Like mm -hmm. I get bored doing the same old thing. I don't want to do the same old thing. So I'll be like, and I have like Pinterest boards for a lot of my clients. Like I, I'm mm -hmm. constantly sending my clients texts. If I find a cute haircut, I'm like, oh, let's do this next time. And so a lot of my clients have become friends of mine over the years. And I know people, they caution against that, but I mm -hmm. can still take money from my friends. I am totally okay with that yeah. because I feel like that's a very fair exchange for the value that I give them. So I don't have hangups mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, yeah. And they don't either. Like a lot of, I just had a big birthday party on the weekend and a lot of those people were my clients and my friends. And some became my clients because they were my friends. Others became my friends because they were my clients. Do not have a problem with that. If you spent, I literally... This is one of my favorite stories, but my very first client, when I moved back to Belleville, didn't know anybody really. Like I, I had grown up here, but didn't know anybody. She is still my client today. Really? Yeah. So this is 1998, December of wow. 1998. She sat in my chair. She's still my client. I do her mother's hair. So she's like the great grandma. I do yeah. her hair. I do all of her children. So two girls and a boy. I do all wow. of their spouses, all of their, their children. So the grandchildren. And then one of the daughters married another one of my families that I do their whole family. Wow. Like I, I am literally the center of their universe. Yeah. And I have done their hair for, I've done their hair for weddings. I've done house calls on great grandma's got dementia. So I'm actually yeah. going to her place this week. 
And I would do anything for this family. I love this family. And I've done all the babies' first haircuts. I've done yeah, all the weddings. I've done funerals. I've done chemo haircuts, right? right. Because they, the, one of them's had cancer. And these are these people are like woven into the fabric of my life. And right. I would not trade that for anything. So yes, I treat my, I, there's an old saying like, make new friends, keep the old. One is silver, the other is gold. Yeah. And uh, yes, I treat them a little bit different, but I talk retail all the time yeah. because people's needs change. People's desires change. Sometimes they want right. their hair sh short. Sometimes they want to grow it. There's different requirements for those kind of hairstyles. And if their hair is thinning, like I've got that. There's a lot of problem with that, right? And you're just giving them their power back. I feel so obligated to right. help people with their hair. Like we laugh about, you can't control everything in life. Your hair is a daily reminder of that. But those <laughs> days, like my son, salon is called the cat's meow. And it's yeah. because how you look and how you feel are so closely linked. So and if true. I can, you know, help people manage their hair, it will help them manage the rest of your life. And I know that sounds so hokey and silly, but it's so true. I always say it's a little, the 10 minute gift you give yourself to make your hair look right in the morning. I love that. The fundamental thing that I'm really taking away from this conversation is the big shift here is to stop thinking about selling and talking about your services and your products as something you're doing to people and instead shifting because it's actually something you're doing for people and you're helping them get what they want from their hair, get what they want, the experience, instead of trying to, if you can reposition that, it's it really does give a positive light to what you're doing when you are selling within the salon, within your business. So the last question I have for you, Sharon, is what is your favorite thing about being a hairstylist and salon owner? It, of course, it's the people. Love that. If I just worked on a mannequin head all day, like mm -hmm. that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the people. It's the stories. Like, oh my God, I have so many stories and my clients have so many stories and I tell their stories because they're so fun and funny. Not to be telling secrets at a school, but obviously with their their permission, they're funny. Yeah. But I'm actually a very, I have a very good memory and very good memory for detail and people and faces. And I, I will remember clients that were like the salon that I used to work at 25 years ago. It's just actually just across the street from me. And I still remember the names of people that I didn't even do their hair in that salon. I'll run into them in the grocery store yeah. and I'll be like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you remember me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because, but people are just like the most important thing in my life. And uh, literally this weekend with this birthday, like I was just, I feel so blessed. There's lots of ways in my life that I am rich monetarily. I went from being bankrupt almost three years ago to my house is fully paid. I have no personal yeah. debt. I have business debt, but I'm not even worried about that. It's it's all going to get paid off in, in time. And uh, I've been doing lots of exciting things with that. But my life is so rich because I have amazing family, amazing friends. Yeah. My kids are the coolest. And I have a wonderful new partner in my life. He's been around for two years now. And yeah. he's just a blessing. And But I think you attract what you are. And yes. I'm just like the warmest, fuzziest kind of person you'll be. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I love people. And uh, yeah, doing the hair part is super fun. And I always say I get to chit chat and play with people's hair all day. But I am the ex, like I am a true extrovert in that I get my energy from other people. And not everybody's yes. like that. Some people yeah. are really introverted and they find people draining. Yeah. But again, just find people that don't drain you. Like I've had yes. clients that I didn't really jive with, but they, they just don't 
jive with me and then we move on. And it's not that I don't attract because I have quite a few clients that are very quiet in the salon. And I just mirror that. If I know that's their quiet place, I'll shut my mouth for a little while. But then I have (laughs) others that were like, and so I just, I just feel that vibe and go with it. Not that I'm constantly changing, but we are multifaceted people. Of course. Yeah. We can do all the things. That's beautiful. We really can. We're amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing everything that we've talked about today. I think it's been really enlightening and it's going to be very valuable to my listeners. So where can people go to find out more about you? There's lots of ways. I'm on Instagram the most at The Unstoppable Stylist. We have our website and there's like a freebie on our website, theunstoppablestylist.com. And it's a free resource on 10 things you can do today to make more money in your salon. So it's immediate action, but also long-term setup that will keep you making money for the rest of your life. If you learn how to make money and serve people from a place of real heart and soul, you're going to be set. Like sales is one of the best skills you can learn in your life because you need sales. Even if you're being a parent, like how many times have we not tried to sell our kids on eating vegetables and cleaning their room? Yeah. And that's so true. <laughs> we're all in sales. Don't kid yourself. Just instead of looking at it as a place of like icky stuff and money, having weird money stories, just come at it from a different angle. Like so many things in life, we just have to come at it from a different angle. And that's that you can choose to do that. And there's mm-hmm. lots of good people out there who are s- promoting that. So definitely yeah. check me out on Instagram. Definitely check me out on the website. We do have an exciting program coming up. For the holidays, we're going to release this called Holiday Revenue Reboot. And I'm super excited to launch that in September. And that's all the ways that I've made December, like October, November, December, the flush months in my business. And then how you carry it on into January, February, where it tends to get a little bit slow. I live in Canada, so winters are pretty brutal here. We Um, don't like to leave the house if we can avoid it in Canada in the winter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Reti- you can retire on retail. If people aren't getting the power of their retail sales, yep. if you don't get health benefits and sick days and vacation time or whatever, you just mm-hmm. need to sell a bit more retail and you can have all the things you want. And if you need help with that, I am like, I am your girl. It can be a lot of fun if you just let it be that way. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, Sharon. It's been a real pleasure catching up and thank you for sharing your knowledge. Thank you. It goes by so fast, but I love, I'll always love talking to you, Jody. Yeah. I think you're amazing. I love what the you're doing t- with your podcast. And I have a podcast too, the Unstoppable Stylist podcast. Yes. And Check Jody was a guest. Jody was a guest a while back on there. And we'll have I her back was. again sometime soon because I love talking to her. Yes. And there's some really amazing, like you've had tons of amazing guests and you talk about some really interesting topics. So definitely check out the podcast as well. Thank you again, Sharon. This has been incredible. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.